eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. We are back at it. No days off. Well, I guess I got from Thanksgiving. But uh, we're gonna, we, we had four games. Uh, well, by the time you listen to this, probably four games done with. For this week, uh, Jets Bills. Ha- ha- I'm sorry, Jets Dolphins hasn't happened yet. Um, Devon AJ not going to play apparently. So that obviously, sucks. you know, it <laughs> does suck. Absolutely sucks. Uh, but you know, that means that we have Raheem Mostert moving up, right? Probably high in RB two this week. The Jets have been allowing some fantasy points. They've also allowed, you know, a ton of volume against them because their offense just can't do anything. They can't sustain drives. And then you have Mike McDaniel there, like. Probably going to scheme something up here, right? Um, also, last week, Raheem Mostert ended up getting you know pretty sizable workload, too. So we'll see how Jeff Wilson fits into all this. Uh, you know, uh, Salman Ahmed end, ended up going on IR. So, you know, we'll see what ends up happening there. But I, I think it's going to be all Mostert, uh, in, you know, out of this backfield, at least. Yeah, it has to be. I love how, like, the takeaway is we'll see how uh, Jeff Wilson fits into this. I, I don't see him being very relevant at all. Like... I'm not. I know the Jets. They're 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 a tough defense, but I feel like the Dolphins are going to be able to have their way anyway today. Especially if Tim Boyle's at quarterback for the Jets, is I feel like there's going to be a lot of possessions for the Dolphins where quantity is going to trump quality of possession at this point. I don't think the Jets. I mean, I, I don't want to just crap on the Jets here, but I just want to say, like, do you see the Jets sustaining any type of offensive drive? Um, you know, besides maybe one or two today. Uh, no. I, I don't like throwing don't. that out there and just writing them off, but just the way that we saw them play last week against the Bills, and now you look at it this week coming into the game against Miami, like Miami could have sustained drives. That's going to feature a lot of Raheem Mostert. I feel like the defense can be on the field way too long, and they're just going to be worn out by like middle of third quarter. So it could yeah. be a huge day for the Dolphins. 100%. No, and, and I do think Jeff Wilson is going to be involved quite a bit, actually, in this game because the Jets are allowing some of the most rushing attempts per game uh, to opposing backfields. And it's one of those things where there's no way Mike McDaniel's going to come into this game and allow Raheem Mostert to get like 28 carries. You know what I'm saying? It's most right. likely going to be split up a little bit, um, at least Jeff Wilson getting some work. I can see Jeff Wilson getting 10 carries in this game with Raheem Mostert getting like 22. <laughs> especially, <laughs> right? if, if, just, especially if they go up. Like that's that's fair point. They're going to go up. You know, they're going to go up in this game and like there's like, going to be a lot of work to go around. I just, you know, and also you consider the fact that like this is a tough matchup, you know, through the air. You know, mm-hmm. do you want Tua to be, you know, making mistakes when he doesn't need to, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, 
But regardless, Raheem Mostert isn't kill. somebody yeah. that you just run into the Jets defensive line over and over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, especially yeah. I mean, he hasn't looked like he's he has the past couple of years. You know, thirty one years old. You know, he's a little bit fragile at that one point in his career. He hasn't been that this season. But why test it? You know what I mean? So like, if they're up, they're probably going to give Jeff Wilson. I think you're right on that call with this, Jeff Wilson for ten carries. Thank yeah, you. I mean, whatever. Like, it's just, it, you know, it, it's he's not, he's, I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant in this one. I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting, man, because the Jets defense is good. And, 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 you know, we'll see, you know, if they could at least hold the Dolphins offense, you know, in, in, in this one. Um, but, you know, not the most ideal, you know, Black Friday game, right? For the first ever Black Friday game with Tim Boyle starting at quarterback. Um, they imagined Aaron Rodgers being the starter in this game. Yeah. Like you they can't have. fault the schedule makers at this point. Like you know, it's just like all these Jets games in prime time. They're like, how are the Jets in prime time? It's like this was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers. Like <laughs> give yeah. him a break. This is something yeah. that nobody would have seen coming. So we're talking matchups today, guys. We hit quarterbacks in the last episode. We hit tight ends in the last episode. We're gonna hit running backs and wide receivers going into Week Twelve. We have a lot to talk about today. Okay, let's talk just a couple. couple a couple quick notes on the Thanksgiving games. Don't want to spend too much time on it since we have a bunch of stuff to get to today. But Zach Charbonnet played on played an every down role, you know, in this game against the 49ers, 88% of snaps. Couldn't get a lot going though, right? This this 49ers defense just put the put the clamps on the entire offense, right? Including the receivers. Traverius Ward did a really good job on DK Metcalf. That entire offense just got shut down. Uh, you know, by the way, we did get an update on Kenneth Walker from Ian Rappaport saying that Walker has a chance of playing next week and that the injury isn't serious or long term. That's kind of what we mentioned on our show on Sunday that usually running backs don't miss a whole lot of time with this injury. Um, hopefully he can get he can get right because the Seahawks need him badly. Yeah. He's kind of like, you know, an engine, right? Like, Geno, with Geno Smith not playing well this year, like they need Kenneth Walker to be back. And, and, and I expect them to kind of go through him when he's back. Um, but the Seahawks play the Cowboys on Thursday night in Dallas. Not ideal for that no. offense. Um, but we'll monitor those practice reports yeah. next week. It, it was a fun idea that Zach Charbonnet was like slated to be the lead guy for the first time this year. But I don't think none of us really took the bait on him this week against the Niners because we know they're a tough run defense. I don't think you did. I think you had him as RB21, which, you know, it's relatively high compared to where we were putting him. I had him as the RB27. He had four catches that saved him from completely disappointing in his performance against the Niners. Seattle's offense, they've just been in a funk like these past four weeks. Like I, I don't know if you've noticed it. I think a lot of people have. But it was another disappointing performance against the Niners. They've been stuck in this funk. They're scoring 16 or fewer points in three out of the last four games they've played. The only time they scored more than 16 points was against the Commanders. That was a couple weeks ago. Kenneth Walker, like you said, he might be back, but I don't think he's going to be the last infinity stone to fix what's ailing the Seahawks offense. Like He'll come back. It'll help. But against the Dallas next week, like I'm proceeding with caution at this point with Seattle's playmakers. Because like you mentioned, Geno Smith, he just isn't playing like we, he was last year. And it sucks because I love the Geno Smith story. <laughs> but he, it looks like that explosiveness that Geno Smith brought to Seattle's offense was more of a one-year thing. Because that Seahawks offense, with all these weapons, they haven't been explosive. Anywhere close to explosive enough with the weapons that they have. And it's just been really disappointing so far this season. I don't think that a running back is going to be able to overcome that in a matchup against Dallas next week. CMC did CMC things going over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, this was apparently a Debo Samuel game, too. He led the, he led the team in targets. Uh, George Kittle was an afterthought, right? It, it, he was killing it over the past several weeks. It, it seems like Brandon Ayuk is going to keep coming through without too many targets. He's averaging 4.3 targets per game since his bye week. He has scored a touchdown in each game, uh, only two catches you know, last night. Uh, but Debo did end up get, getting that goal line touchdown um, you know, that we talked about, right? Like, that, that's why we can never overlook him, despite the lack of opportunities he seems like he's getting. Um, there was no lack of opportunities for him this week. And it's it's like there's almost no such thing as like a trend like on this 49ers, except uh, Christian McCaffrey, pretty much. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, Christian McCaffrey just keeps doing his thing. It's ridiculous. You know, in real life, it's something that you really just marvel at when you have Kyle Shanahan finding new ways to use his players every single week. You know, like you sit back as just a regular football fan, and this, the 49ers offense is just amazing. You know, literally anyone can score a touchdown. Any player can have a day, any given week. But for fantasy football, this is just infuriating. Like you mentioned, the trends, that's exactly what we look for. That's what we try to follow. You know, in fantasy football, we don't have any of that in this offense. Someone just call Kyle Shanahan and tell him, this isn't the Saints offense, guys. You know, this is another reason that we need to think about. You just have to start all of your 49ers players every week because they have this type of upside. The scoring upside is there. Touchdown upside is there. 
I think this is another reminder that Brandon Ayuk just got the target share he deserved. You know, he'd be having a huge breakout season right now, but he just hasn't had it. Like, he shouldn't be getting just a couple targets a game, a handful of targets a game. You know, the way that he plays, he's been scoring touchdowns. He should get more. That's one of my gripes this season. That's not the way of the Shanahan offense, like I just mentioned. So we're forced to just make peace with everyone getting their fair share besides Christian McCaffrey, who just runs everything on offense. He is the definition of inevitable, like in fantasy football. Like, he just keeps doing it. The most consistent fantasy player in the league right now. And then the only way to approach this offense, like I said, from a lineup setting perspective, is just play all your 49ers. Because you just have to hope when Kyle Shanahan spins the bottle to decide who's getting the next touchdown, it lands on your guy. Like, that's how this offense works. I'm convinced that's what they do on the sideline. Um, when they're trying to decide who they're going to give the ball to at the goal line. Like this week, it was Debo Samuel, but they also gave it to Christian McCaffrey twice. C.D. Lamb didn't have the day we thought he would in this Cowboys game. He did end up scoring four for 53 and a touchdown. Almost disappointing, you know, given what we know about this defense. You know, Dak still cooked, you know, through with a, you know, dude, like another four passing touchdown day. Dak is in his bag right now. 17 passing touchdowns over the last five weeks. Absolutely insane. Brandon Cooks ended up scoring as well. I thought he was a good start this week. He came through. And Tony Pollard, you know, his best fantasy output of the season, the past two games have been looking a lot better, right? He's scoring touchdowns. He's pretty involved in the receiving game too. But one thing I wanted to highlight, since the bye, and this is not including this Thanksgiving game, which would actually help his case, but among the 18 running backs with 50 or more carries since then, his si- he's sixth in missed tackles force per rush, and he's third in yards after contact per rush. Compare that to weeks one through six before his bye. Among the 33 running backs with 50 or more carries, dead last in missed tackles force per rush and 25th in yards after contact per attempt. So we're seeing a significant improvement in his play. It's leading to better performances. It's leading to touchdowns. Could it be that he's like getting healthier? Like, I don't want to say that we know that he had that broken ankle, I think, leg, you know, coming out of the divisional round and early in the season didn't look like it was affecting him. But suddenly those first few games, you mentioned those stats, like he didn't have that burst. He didn't have that after contact type of, you know, skill that we had seen from him the years before. And now it's just like come back. It's really weird. Something that will probably go overlooked, especially if you didn't watch the game yesterday, is the fact that the game was actually pretty competitive between Dallas and Washington all the way up until the fourth quarter. It was 20 to 10 when the game entered the fourth frame. And that allowed Tony Pollard to say, you know, a central part of the game plan. We talked about it, I think it was on Wednesday. Like this would have to be a competitive game for Tony Pollard to have that type of workload where it's going to make him relevant. And it was. And it just so happened that it worked out that he would have the workload moving through three quarters. It was the closest game through three quarters for Dallas this season. It, it looked like it was going to be the first non-blowout at home, but then things just broke open late in the fourth quarter. Dallas scored 25. But it was a disappointing performance for C.D. Lamb. Like, I, I will th- I'll touch on him quick. It was a disappointing performance for him, like, because the game was two plays away from being so much bigger than it was. Like, I, I know you've seen this. We've talked about this a couple times. I mention this all the time. Like, Steve, a fantasy guy, he has that missing points post that he does every single week. You should definitely go check that out if uh, you haven't already. But this is uh, missing points post material that C.D. Lamb had this week. Um, Lamb had 50% of, area, of the air yard share in this offense, guys. You know, Dak, he had his highest A dot of the year at 14 and a half. They were pushing the ball downfield. Dak just missed Lamb on a deep pass. I don't know if you saw it on the first drive. It would have been a touchdown. He just come straight up missed him. And then a second deep pass later on, he dropped it. CD was trying to make the catch. He was interfered with. They didn't call it. But he could only get one hand out because the deep defender was holding his arm back. So two big plays that don't show up in the box score. He did save the day with the touchdown and the two-point conversion. That was an octopus. Things have regressed to the mean after three monstrous outings for Lamb a few weeks ago, but nobody's confidence in him should be shaken because the utilization that he's getting, still that of a high-end wide receiver one. For sure, man. And, and and on the other side of the ball, you know, Antonio Gibson came back. That nerfed Brian Robinson a bit, uh, a lot, actually. They moved back into that into those traditional roles that they've had previously with Gibson as their primary passing down back. The snaps were 50-50, so Robinson just couldn't overcome this matchup with any extra opportunities. Uh, It does seem like Curtis Samuel's back, though. He led the team in targets with 12. Uh, He led them in opportunities, nine catches for 100 yards. Uh, It looks like he's back, man. Like This was a pretty tough matchup for him. He still overcame it. He'll be in the wide receiver three discussion moving forward because it's kind of looking like he was before the injury. Um, You know, Howell likes throwing to him. You know, now that he's healthy, maybe we should be considering him in our lineups. You know, over the last two games, he's only had 11 receiving yards total, but he was also still banged up and limited in practice, you know, with that toe injury. 
Yeah, and just to go back, we'll hit on Brian Robinson, also hit Curtis Samuel, but it was literally a Brian Robinson special. He either scores 20-some fantasy points or between 7 and 13 this season. There's no in-between. You can look at the game log. That's just how it works. It's really weird. But we figured that Robinson would be, could be game-scripted out of this one coming into it, especially with Antonio Gibson playing. But just like Zach Charbonnet, you know, he didn't leave anyone out to dry. It just wasn't a fantastic performance for him. But with the commander's receivers, you know, it's pretty clear that McLaurin and Samuel are Howell's, are Howell's two favorite targets. And Dotson, he's a distant third in the pecking order. I know he had the second best PPR output yesterday behind Curtis Samuel. But we've seen this phenomenon before where Dotson's just made obsolete by Curtis Samuel when he's healthy. It happened again today pretty much because McLaurin also had, I think it was very high target share. I think it was 11 targets to Samuel's 12. And then Dotson had six. Dotson looked all right in this one, but he's probably the least reliable option in Commander's passing attack at this point. That pains me to say it because I'm a big Dotson guy. But if Curtis Samuel's just going to be getting targets like this, like Sam Howell's looking for him on off-script plays all the time. He had a bunch of them yesterday. So as long as Curtis Samuel's healthy, I think he definitely has to be in the conversation being starting lineups. Definitely as a flex, potentially as a wide receiver three. The Packers, they played the Lions really well in this one, man. Two tough home division losses for the Lions, two games in a row. Uh, Jameer Gibbs ended up playing on 71% of snaps in this one because the Lions were just down all game. Uh, but Montgomery's basically the early down back, right? That's it. No targets, 15 carries. His third game with a touchdown, though, right? So that's good. Yep. Um, but the Lions go on the road now to New Orleans and Chicago to try and bounce back. Um, and speaking of bounce back, man, Christian Watson, he opens the game with a 53-yard catch. He finishes with 94 yards on five catches and that red zone touchdown. It looks like they're working him into the red zone offense, right? He had that red zone touchdown last week as well. Uh, it, it took a minute, but, you know, this Christian Watson looks a little healthier, uh, you know, reminding me of last year's Christian Watson. But, you know, only one game here, right? Like only one, like really solid fantasy performance. I I'm definitely intrigued for sure. Because you're kind of going into the stretch now with him healthy. Jordan Love, you know, played well in yesterday's game as well. You know, that, you know, he's he was looking good right from the start of the game. So I'm a little intrigued here with Christian Watson's rest of season. Am I trusting him just yet? I don't think so. But it's one of those situations where you're definitely intrigued and you're kind of hoping that we see some of that upside moving forward. Yeah, intrigue. That's about as far as I'm willing to walk off the Christian Watson plank right now. <laughs> you know, if you're talking about you want to compare that analogy, like I'm not jumping into the waters for Christian Watson saying that this is we're going to have this type of performance the rest of the way. He's finally back like that kind of thing. Has he looked better these past two weeks? Yeah, but this is still a guy that hasn't taken command of the target share like we wanted him to this season. And with Jaden Reed suddenly becoming a thing in this offense, you know, plus Romeo Dobbs hanging around like Watson, I don't think he's going to be able to hit the ceiling we wanted him to this year yet. Like maybe in a distant world, there might be a reality where he just takes over the rest of the season. But I, I just don't see that coming. It's nice to see that they are using him, though, you know, more than they were earlier in the season of red zone. Maybe I'm just a bit salty because I had Watson on my bench these past two weeks. But the utilization up till yesterday didn't really point to anything besides overproduction. So you can't really fault anybody on that one. Watson just like he he's had his first solid game. It's good to see it. It's well, well overdue. But I, I'm very, very, very cautiously optimistic for Watson moving forward. But with the the Lions on Thanksgiving, you know, I'm, I'm like them. No doubt about it. I'm ready to be hurt again with Christian Watson because now he has, he's going to have this game. I'm going to put him in my, in, my, in my lineup next week. A bunch of other people are going to put him in their lineups, and he's going to have like six points again. And Jaden Reed's going to score another <laughs> touchdown. I, I can just see it coming already. Well, I mean, Jaden Reed can can definitely score another touchdown. Uh, you know, by the way, the matchup next week against K Kansas City is, is not an easy one. So I would definitely be questionable in terms of like putting him in my lineup. But the week after against the Giants, I would definitely be thinking about it for sure. Um, right. You know, but Jaden Reed was the one who ended up leading the Packers and Targets with eight in this one, one more than Watson. Reed has been involved in the run game. He's had a very good stretch. That's how he scored his touchdown two weeks ago. But he's a, he has had a very good stretch of fantasy games since week seven bye, especially the last three weeks. He's averaging almost 18 PPR fantasy points per game. Okay, so, yeah. he, you know, he's I'm been getting it done. Coming into this week, He's had, you know, the last two weeks before the Thanksgiving game, he's had two top 12 finishes. So, you know, he's he's it's he's like, killing it right now. It's it's like Sam, Debo Samuel-esque usage. And I don't want yeah. to compare him to Debo Samuel, but, like, that's what we're seeing with him. <laughs> Look at the usage for both of those two receivers right now and tell me what's different. Like, I'd say even maybe Jaden Reeds is a little bit better, you know, these past couple of weeks. And he looks good doing it. And I think, again, we're going to talk about this. You were on Jaden Reed <laughs> coming out of the draft process. He was one of your guys. I know you talked about him a little bit more than others. Like Jaden Reed, you, you saw this one coming. So it's interesting to see that he's suddenly becoming a bigger part of this offense, even with Christian Watson, even with Romeo Dobbs. 
Granted, Luke Musgrave was out, but that hasn't changed anything. Like the tight end that plays each week isn't going to change anything in this Packers offense. Um, but Jaden Reed, the way that he's playing, he has a clear role in this offense that isn't going to be taken by anybody else. You know, he has a stranglehold on those targets. He's been consistent these past few weeks. There's not much more you can ask for. Like you mentioned, though, against the Chiefs next week, you have to temper expectations because the Chiefs have just been great on defense. But um, the Giants, like you said, the Buccaneers, Panthers after that, like they're, they're very winnable games. And with the Packers potentially trying to make a push for a wild card spot, they're not going to take their foot off the gas at any point. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, and, and and you mentioned, you know, me being on Jaden Reed. You know, we're going to have a, a rookie draft kit out, you know, pretty early in the year next year. Um, you know, and if you had the rookie draft kit, you know, you would know about Puka Nakua. You already have him on your dynasty team. You would know about Tank Dell. You would already have him on your dynasty team. You would already have Jaden Reed. He'll be on your dynasty team as well because these guys were later picks. And these guys, I had him, you know, pretty high up compared to the other um, other wide receivers who were taken before them. So just 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 keep that in mind. You know, and we'll be going to the Senior Bowl again this year in February. So all these guys were at the Senior Bowl. Um, and I made videos of all these guys, you know, in February. So you guys can you take a look at that. I'm pretty sure they were on I put some stuff up on YouTube, you know, for that, if I'm not mistaken. So um, but yeah, like the, the rookie draft kit, you know, that'll be out early next year into the draft process. It's 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 fun um to kind of look at these rookies and you know get a get, get a little bit of an upper hand. When you go into your dynasty rookie yes, draft, too. I see what you did there. <laughs> At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, let's look. Let's move to this this week's remaining games. A few pieces of news. It looks like Damian Pierce will return this week. He's been getting full practices in this week. We don't know how that affects his backfield. Maybe they continue to let Singletary cook, but my guess is that Pierce will get some opportunities, and, and maybe Singletary just ends up being the 1A in a timeshare. The matchup also isn't great this week, so if I have Singletary, I might be looking for other options, right? The Jaguars are only allowing 3.6 yards per carry to running backs. That's sixth best in the NFL. They're allowing the third least rushing touchdowns per game. To They're allowing the third least rushing touchdowns per game to running backs. They're averaging the third fewest running back carries per game against them as well. So there might not be a whole lot of work to go around you know, for these Houston running backs. Now, the Jaguars are allowing the most receptions to running backs per game, but the Singletary has had four targets total over the past two games, right? So he's not really involved in the receiving game. If you have no choice, I get it, but like I'd rather see how this plays out with Singletary on my bench with Pierce back and, and then see what that split looks like, you know, with Pierce back in the fold. Yeah. And the big thing for me is like two weeks ago, we weren't even talking about really Devin Singletary's being this, you know, slam dunk running back start you know we, we said oh yeah Damian Pierce is out maybe we'll see what kind of workload he gets we weren't expecting Devin Singletary to get 
30 touches a game, you know, like yeah. he has these past couple of weeks. This is a pass first offense still. And you, like you mentioned, the matchup against the Jaguars, it definitely plays into the passing game. The, the Texans hand a little bit more CJ Stroud, these receivers getting it done than it does against with Devin Singletary doing anything in the ground game. And with Damian Pierce back, I don't think Damian Pierce comes back and he's just relegated to like a backup role. He's going to come back. He's going to have some carries. That's going to take away from Devin Singletary. I'm not saying it's going to make Pierce relevant, because I think there's also a chance that he kind of, you know, slow walks back into, you know, whatever role he's going to be playing. I don't think he's going to come right back and be 100% considering the amount of time that he was off. I think that he'll come back. They'll walk him back slowly a little bit more. But it's still going to be enough to vulture Devin Singletary's value a little bit. So I'm not super psyched about Devin Singletary this week either. I think that this is going to be a higher scoring game, but it's probably going to lean into the passing game. So I'm with you on this one. I'm definitely tempered expectations. And I'm probably, like you mentioned, unless there's – Unless there's no other better option, you know, I'm putting Devin Singletary on my bench. And if yeah. he plays well, good. You know, that's great because that means we could see more consistent production from him in mo moving forward. But you don't want to be stuck with like a four or five bomb in your lineup because this wasn't the game script. And then Damian Pierce came back. Like it's very uncertain where things stand right now. Let's just figure it out without any chips on the table. By the way, Noah Brown still not practicing. It doesn't look like he'll be back this week, not trending in the right direction. By the way, Nico Collins has one of the best matchups on the week, primarily going up against Tyson Campbell. The Jags have given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers on that left side, and that's where Nico runs most of his routes from. With that being said, I have Tank Dell as a borderline top 10 wide receiver this week, You know, based on him just balling out of control and the rapport he's showing with CJ Stroud. Uh, but yeah. I do have Collins as my wide receiver 17 on the week. So both these guys I have in my top 20. Uh, keep in mind that Collins still got a 30% target share this uh, this past week. So, you know, there is a little bit of promise there, you know, with both these guys potentially still, you know, being relevant at the same time. Yeah, it's not like Tank, like Tank Dell is playing great. Like the target share has been there for Tank Dell. Like you mentioned, the connection with CJ Stroud is there. And I talked about it on the episode last, I think it was this, I don't want to say last week. I keep saying last week because we had all these games and it just watched. It's like feels like a new week. But I talked about it a couple episodes ago where it's like the connection with Tank Dell is obviously stronger with CJ Stroud than the one with Nico Collins. Like I, I think that you look at Tank Dell, the eye test tells you that's the case. But you can't also rule out Nico Collins because of that because you mentioned that target share was there with Nico Collins. And he, Nico Collins is still a good player. You know, with Noah Brown out, it's still going to be pretty tight distribution at the top of the target share. I think that both of these guys have the chance um, to come through this week. Like, like I mentioned, going back into that game script where it's probably not going to be Devin Singletary game. Like, it's only going to be good things with the way C.J. Stroud is playing. Keep an eye on Zay Flowers' hip injury. He had a limited practice on, on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday. We, we don't like to see that downgrade during the week like that. So keep an eye on his Friday practice status. If he can't go, OBJ did get a limited practice in. You know, he had that shoulder injury. It's possible that he'll be good to go. I think OBJ would get a significant upgrade if Zay can't go um, in a very, very good matchup. Like, this is not a matchup that you want Zay Flowers to miss against the Chargers, right? No. Um, you know, and if he can't go, I think OBJ becomes a solid wide receiver three play with the upside. Um, you know, same thing for Isaiah Likely. You know, I think he could potentially, you know, step up in target share as well. Rashad Bateman, by the way, last week, you know, he got a little bit banged up in practice with another foot injury, but like it looks like he'll be back and he'll be fine. Uh, but that, that's not something you want to hear, though, uh, when it comes no. to him and that foot. Um, but it looks to me like OBJ and Isaiah Likely could benefit if Zay Flowers were to be out this week. But if Zay Flowers does play, he's going to be in my lineup because of the matchup. Yeah, he has to be. And we talked about this, I think, a week or two ago, where he said, like, the temptation to put Zay Flowers in your lineup, even after all these quiet games, is going to be there. Because playing against the Chargers, like, manufacturers, wide receiver one finishes, it's just hilarious the way that works. Like, Jaden Reed had it last week. And we just talked about Jaden Reed, but we talk about just this Chargers defense. It's a fantastic matchup for wide receivers all around. This was supposed to be, like, the matchup where Zay Flowers got right. You know, the way that this offense is working out with Mark Andrews out it could be a huge target share I'm hoping Zay Flowers can go but like you mentioned to be downgraded from limited on Wednesday and then not practicing Thursday I don't know what that's about maybe it was just like a Thanksgiving holiday like I don't want to speculate but like it's a weird way weird trajectory for him to be going considering he practiced a little bit on Wednesday and he doesn't practice Thursday so like you said that would be that would be, uh, be kind of messed up if the game Zay Flowers off for Thanksgiving and not the rest of the team that would be that would be, be messed up man <laughs> that's what I'm saying <laughs> It's just like, I, that's what I said. I'm grasping at straws here. Like, why would that happen? You know what I mean? Like, it, it pisses me <laughs> off because I was hoping to have Zay Flowers in my lineup this week. I have him in a couple of leagues. It's just like, 
this was supposed to be the turnaround game. It might not happen, but like you mentioned, if Zay Flowers can be out, the target share that he's had hasn't been fantastic, but it's definitely going to open things up for guys like OBJ and Isaiah Likely. You know, I'm not throwing Isaiah Likely in as like a top five tight end, top 10 even, you know, this week, just because I'm not sure what this target distribution is going to look like. Right now, it's been the run game that's been going for Baltimore, but you can't deny it. Like, this is a really good matchup. There could be enough targets to go around. And with the way Lamar Jackson's playing, you know, this was supposed to be Zay Jones, not Zay Jones, Zay Flowers get right game. Maybe it's OBJ. Maybe he's suddenly well, somebody you can rely on down the stretch like he was two years ago with the Rams. We'll, we'll see how things shake out. Yeah, th these running backs do have good matchups. So, you know, Gus Edwards, you know, he's in play as a solid RB2 with touchdown upside, obviously. And then you have um, Keaton Mitchell, you know, as this like deep shot upside flex play. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he for sure, for sure. Uh, <laughs> keep an eye on Marquise Brown's practice status as well. He didn't practice on Thursday because of a heel injury. So if you have Hollywood, make sure to check on his Friday practice status. I'll be updating you guys, by the way, on, on you know either later today or on Saturday morning uh, on my Instagram stories at Upper Hand Fantasy over on Instagram uh, with all these practice updates, okay? Because uh, I know a lot of people haven't been paying attention through Thanksgiving and all that. You're busy. I get it. I, I got you, though. Um, but uh, Michael Wilson also still isn't practicing. It seems like he's he reaggravated that shoulder uh, injury during practice last week, and it doesn't seem like he'll be good to go this week. But we'll see. Right. Um, so is let's just say if Michael Wilson's out, it has to be Marquise Brown's week if he plays. Right? Like this has to be the week he turns things around. It, it has to be, <laughs> right? Because the target share just hasn't been there. Hopefully, Marquise Brown's healthy enough to go. But if Michael yeah. Wilson's out. Like, we just need anything to go in Marquise Brown's favor where he can get that target share. Like, third time's a charm. Hopefully, that's the case. Um, yeah, and if the, if these guys don't go, Greg Dortch, Rondell Moore, you know, these are, you know, these both these guys, you know, the Rams have been bottom 10 against perimeter and bottom 13 against slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. So, these both these guys, you know, should be consideration uh, if you need a deep play. Um, let's see, where are we at now? Uh, it looks like T. Higgins will likely miss this week with the hamstring injury he had. The hope with Jamar Chase this week is that he's a target funnel for Jake Browning. We could see the rookie Joey Porter Jr. shadow chase in this game. Not really worried about that, but, you know, it's one of those things where you're probably starting Jamar Chase regardless of this whole situation. Uh, Tyler Boyd is in play in a good matchup out of the slot, but definitely harder to trust, you know, without Burrow. Yeah, and <laughs> I keep saying this. Like, this is like just the broken record that I keep saying this. More backup quarterback play for these good receivers. I, I don't want to trust Jamar Chase to have the type of ceiling that he's had with Joe Burrow these past couple of weeks, but I think that he could have a solid floor. I'm not worried about Joey Porter shadowing him either. It's just not something I'm even considering. You know, Joey Porter's a rookie. He's all good, but Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. Um, the concern for me with Jamar Chase is that he could have a couple of those weeks where it's like Devontae Adams. Like, I don't really trust Jake Browning. I haven't seen a whole lot of Jake Browning. I guess he didn't look as bad as other backup quarterbacks have this year. You know, like you talk about Tim Boyle last week, and then you talk about other guys like Aiden O'Connell in the first couple of weeks of his playing. He's come on a little bit this past um, few weeks. But you look at just the situation here, I don't trust there to be a whole lot of upside for Jamar Chase. And I think he's outside of our top 10 pretty easily this week. Right. If, yes. if we look at a consensus, yep. consensus, yep. I think yes. he is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, guys, you can check out our check out our full rankings over at upperhandfantasy.com. Full positional rankings, flex rankings, all that consensus as well. Uh, and each of our individual rankings, too. Uh, Cooper Cup did practice on Thursday. He got a limited session in. That's a good sign. As long as he's active, Cup will be in my lineup. Same with Puka Nakua, who got a full practice on Thursday with the shoulder injury that he had. Just to point out, Puka's matchup on the perimeter is a lot better than Cup's matchup out of the slot against Arizona, but I'm still starting Cup regardless if he's good enough to play again. Um, the Cardinals are allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers on Puka's primary side on the right, while they're allowing the least fantasy points to slot wide receivers where Cup runs out of. Um, you know, these numbers are over the last four weeks. But this holds true over the course of the season as well. Um, you know, they've been good and bad in both of those spots, respectively. Um, but, you know, you're, you're starting both these guys, you know, with Matthew right. Stafford back, especially. I believe the name for the matchup on the outside with Puka Nakua, that's Marco Wilson, right? <laughs> like, he's been getting picked on the whole season. Like, I, I think I think that's right. Just the way that he, he the matchup couldn't be better for Puka Nakua. I'm at a point where it's like, Given Cooper Cup's injuries, and they're kind of lingering around, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think that Cooper Cup's going to play if he got this limited session, and that's good. But given his injuries, like, I'm kind of to a point where I'm trusting Puka Nakua more than Cooper Cup right now. Did, like, is that a crazy thing to say? Like, 
What do you think? I, I think that Puka Nakua has a safer week-to-week floor at this point. And, you know, it's easy to say that, hindsight, 2020. But I think Puka Nakua moving forward, too, has a safer floor in Cooper Cup right now. I don't know. I don't know about that. that. It's just what I've seen. I, I, I think... The, the, I, the I thing think is, like, last week, right? there. Yeah. I, I think last week, Cup was got hurt, right? Both of these guys were a zero on the box, box, box score before Cup got hurt. And then once Cup got hurt, yeah. that's when Puka started getting all his targets. So I don't know what was going on before that point, but both these guys weren't I mean. doing much. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I don't know what was happening in that know. game either. That was supposed to be like yeah. pass first, you know, Matthew Stafford. We thought Matthew Stafford being back would just make these guys both the wide receiver runs again, but it hasn't happened these past couple of weeks. And it's just like not having that continuity with Cooper Cup makes me think, okay, if I had to pick between the two of them, you know, like Puka Nakua this week, the matchup too at the same time, like I, I think there's a safer floor there with Puka Nakua. He's definitely healthier, you know, that's yeah. for sure, you know. So, like, I feel like he is safer this week. Um, but, you know, I think moving forward, as long as Cup is healthy, you know, I do think that, you know, he has one of the best roles in all of football coming out of the slot in a Sean McVay offense with Matthew Stafford. So, you know, I would not be surprised if, like, you know, over like once he gets healthy, this is just a low ankle sprain. So if he's good to go, like, weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, like, he can – put up like 11 cat he can average like 11 catches you know for 130 yards and a touchdown you know like i i can totally see that happening even with puka on the field with him getting his um we just haven't seen cup fully healthy we haven't seen matthew stafford fully healthy so there's just been a lot of like continuity issues with this entire offense over the last several weeks um but hey listen here's the thing like cup has had a hard time staying healthy Lately, right? Past two years. Yep. Like, it's, it's something just... He's getting older, right? So, it's one of those things to, to keep an eye out for. Um, But, yeah, like, like Puka, Puka is somebody that you can trust this week, I think, because the matchup is legit. Legit, legit. Yeah. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books... You have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you place certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with better vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is better vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right, so if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds, uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app, and then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O, so B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. If you haven't heard, Justin Jefferson will not be out there this week. What a disappointment. Like, we knew this was always a possibility that he'd be out through the bye. But damn, like, this reality is just hitting us now, man. Like, a lot of us need him. He's out this week. He's out (laughs) next week with the bye. So we just have to wait. So hopefully your playoff dreams, you know, are still alive without him. That's all I can say. By the way, the matchups for Jordan Addison over the last three weeks with Josh Dobbs haven't been great. Chicago is, like, a little bit better. But they've also gotten a lot better lately as well on defense. Over the past four weeks, they've given up the seventh fewest fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. So it'll be interesting to see if he can break break through with Dobbs at quarterback. He's like a borderline wide receiver three for me this week. Um, He hasn't seen the target share, you know, that elite target share that, you know, you would think that he hopefully would get without Justin Jefferson. Um, And and the matchups haven't been great. And Dobbs has also been kind of spreading the ball around a little bit. Yeah, and another thing to go, like, the target share hasn't been that bad. You know, he's seen at least six targets in each of the past three games, but the thing that's really killing Jordan Addison right now, no touchdowns over the past three weeks. After he had all those touchdowns, you know, his first eight games, like, it's killing him to not have that upside right now. And if Justin Jefferson comes back, you know, things could get worse. But as long as Justin Jefferson's out, I think you have to keep just putting him in your lineup, hope for the best, because the Vikings offense hasn't looked bad. And Josh Dobbs has looked pretty good. You know, obviously they lost their game last week, but it wasn't like they were incompetent on offense there's enough target share to go around and not worry about him but there's definitely uh, reason to temper expectations with him but with justin jefferson you know like what a disappointment is like an understatement he was supposed to be he was eligible to come back i think a week or two ago now he's going to be out like you mentioned the buy is coming up it's just like 
when are you going to get him back? And Justin Jefferson doesn't care. I remember, I don't, I don't know if you saw the quote that he put out this week. He's like, I don't care about your fantasy team. My health te- my health is much more important than your fantasy team. He's like, yes, this is true, but also it would be great to have you in my fantasy team to make my playoff push. Because if you're a team that traded for Justin Jefferson, like say you were a winning team, you might still be a winning team right now. If you traded for Justin Jefferson thinking you were going to get him back to make a playoff push, now you have to make that playoff push without him and you're missing maybe a couple good players that you traded for him all the way back when he was injured. Because the price is low, like you're definitely hurting a little bit here. Hopefully, he can be back. He should be back after the bye week. That kind of thing, it, like that's what you should count on at this point. But it is just like super disappointing to not have him. Like he's missed pretty much the entire middle of the season. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's it sucks, man. It sucks. Uh, by the way, uh, Deontay Foreman still not practicing this week. This could mean we see a lot of Khalil Herbert. If Foreman can't go, I'm expecting to see a lot of Herbert in this game. Right After Foreman got his last touch last week, Herbert was the guy. 13 touches to Roshan Johnson's five touches. This isn't the best matchup in the world against Minnesota, but at least we have a good indication that Herbert will get some volume. Um, I have him as my RB25 on the week, so high-end RB3 this week. Right. Um, we talked quarterbacks in the last, last episode. Let's hit on some more running backs. Uh, the Browns running backs have one of the best matchups on the week against Denver. They're allowing 5.8 yards per carry to running backs this year. They're so bad against the run that they made the Vikings running backs uh, look good last week, right? Latavius Murray and then James Cook the week before combined for 177 rushing yards against them, right? And Ty Chandler and Alexander Madison, like I mentioned, they combined for 154 yards against them last week. I think Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt can do something similar. You know, their identity in on that team is on the ground. They have a good enough defense to hold other teams, you know, in a neutral game script at the very least. So I think Ford can have a solid game in this in this one. You know, I do have him as a back end RB2 though this week, you know, partly because every team is playing this week, but also because the, the this backfield shifted towards more of a 50-50 split last week, you know, after Ford was carrying the run game the previous two weeks. Like my hope is that it shifts back in Ford's direction. I can see that happening. Uh, but even with like 15, 16 carries in this game for Ford, if he gets that, like I think he can get close to 100 yards potentially on the ground. Yeah. And it's not only that the defense, you know, the Broncos defense against the run has been bad. It's also that Jerome Ford has been pretty efficient on his own, you know, regardless of matchup. He's a pretty good runner. You know, he, he showed some flash, some burst that obviously Kareem Hunt doesn't have. But you mentioned that split being 50-50, moving in different directions. Ford just can't get a grasp on all three parts, you know, the trifecta of usage. If he's not getting the two-minute snaps, you know, he'll get the touchdown maybe, he'll get the rushing work, but not the two-minute snaps. You can't have all three of them at one time the way that this Browns offense runs. And like you mentioned, the Browns offense, their identity is in the run game. I think that's 100% a good call right there. It's the way that this Broncos defense has been playing. I think it would be disappointing. Like you mentioned, he could get the 15, 16 carries for 100 yards, but I just have a bad feeling that it could be one of those games where it's like he has those 100 yards maybe, but they're all empty calories. You know, Maybe he'll have an extra catch on top of that, but there won't be any touchdown to supplement it. He'll end up with like 11 points. Like That's just going to be a low RB2 type finish. And yeah, like you said, you have him as a, what'd you say you have him as a back end RB3 or something yep. like that? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm nope. back in RB2. Back in RB2. Back in RB2. Sorry. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, low end RB2. That That is pretty much right on par with what I'm expecting. But I do think like if he gets that touchdown, he does have the upside to crack, you know, easily the top 15, 16. I, I, I hope that's the case that we've just been waiting to see it come together for Jerome Ford. If it was going to happen, it would be in this matchup. So I'm optimistic, even though the workload hasn't been, you know, pristine i just don't think that there's a situation where jerome ford lets you down this week uh let me ask you a question zach is derrick henry going to snap out of his funk this week against the panthers you know he had two tough matchups in jacksonville in tampa the last two weeks now he's at home against carolina in the game that the titans are actually favored in so he should get the volume here right yeah the Panthers were good enough of a matchup to break Tony Pollard out of his scoreless streak. And I think we're looking at a similar situation here with Derrick Henry. You know, maybe the maybe the Panthers are just the streak breakers um, for running backs. The Titans offense isn't that good. Let's just put that out there. Henry's been quiet as of late. But given that the Panthers have been pretty stout against the pass, you know, Will Levis, he could struggle a little bit. And the Titans might have to depend on the ground game in that case. This game should only be competitive or overwhelmingly positive for the Titans in terms of game script. Carolina just has all sorts of trouble scoring. Their offense is just stuck in a complete rut right now. They can't protect Bryce Young. And just to touch on Bryce Young, like I hate how people are like analyzing him and trying to like 
write him off because of how he's playing right now. Nobody could play behind that offensive line. It's just tough. You can't make an assessment on him. This jury's out. We'll wait till next season, then we'll see what's going on. So tough for Bryce Young. But going back to the game, it's like the offense being that bad isn't going to be able to go up. There's no scenario where the Panthers are going to run away with this one on the scoreboard and make Will Levis have to throw. That means Derrick Henry's going to get his touches. And I think he has a solid week this week, and he can find the end zone again. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds it once. I think there's two touchdown upside here. If the Panthers, you know, their drives stall out and there's more drives for this in this game for the Titans, I think he has some upside this week, and I hope that he can get back to that. If he was going to come back and he was going to break out of his funk, it would be this week against the Panthers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, I, I I think he's gonna be back this week, and Hopefully. you know who else is gonna be back this week? Kyron Williams is gonna be back this week, and I mentioned him multiple times. Start him; he's he's in one. He has one of the best matchups of the week. Don't need yep. to talk about it a whole lot again, but just keep in mind that Underdog Fantasy does have that exclusive special for this audience in particular, this audience only to take advantage of, which is the free Kyron Williams pick to celebrate his return into our lineups. Okay, so make sure to take advantage of it. UnderdogFantasy.com. Code upper hand. You'll also get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You'll have a chance to win up to 100 times your money by playing on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, again, underdogfantasy.com. Use code upper hand. I had the link in the description of this episode if you need it. Uh, I, I really like Isaiah Pacheco this week against the Raiders. They're allowing the seventh most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks, the sixth most over the course of the season. They're top 10 in most carries given up to the position, most rushing yards given up to the position. Most yards per carry given up to this position. Most touchdowns given up per game to the position. Most receptions given up to, to running backs per game. And most receiving yards <laughs> given up to running backs per game. Okay, so, and, and this is top 10. Okay, this is not like, they're not the most, if that makes sense. Like, like I just wanted to mention that they're top 10 in all those categories. Okay, so, right. good matchup is what I'm trying to say here. Okay. Bottom line. So the, good the, the Chiefs passing offense isn't at its best right now, right? So, I think Pacheco, you know, he saw 79% of the rushing attempts for the Chiefs against the Eagles. It resulted in 19 carries. He averaged 4.68 yards per carry against a very good Eagles front. So we could see some volume for him in this one. And with the volume, I think he could be a little bit more successful, you know, and maybe get into, get into the end zone this week. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen Isaiah Pacheco, you know, have the type of game that he had last week you know he had a couple of down games but now he comes back has a good game i think the big thing to be said for that game again was that it was against the eagles who had been very good against running backs you know they weren't allowing a lot of points they weren't allowing a lot of yards per carry to running backs and now pacheco comes out and does that he's looking like the most dynamic weapon you know in the chiefs offense outside of travis kelsey and i'd say he was probably the best offensive weapon last week overall because travis kelsey was dropping passes you know all of the chiefs receivers dropping passes that's been like a theme this season but pacheco looked like their best weapon against a very good eagles defense i think that they're going to continue to lean on that while the receivers hopefully get right you know obviously patrick mahomes is patrick mahomes but the chiefs have dominated the raiders you know this since patrick mahomes has been around so i'm not concerned about their not being scoring upside in this one i do think that the chiefs figure it out they get into the end zone more than they did last week they didn't score they haven't scored a touchdown they haven't scored points they were shut out in the past three games in the second half of their past three games. Like I, I think that's a streak that has to come to the end against come to an end against this Raiders defense. And Pacheco could be a big reason for that, especially if the Chiefs can go up. You look at the game script. If the Chiefs go up, Pacheco, he's looked good. The eye test and the utilization all matches up to him having a good week this week. I, I'm with you on this one. He's looking like a very solid start. I don't want to put him in that RB1 stratosphere just yet, but he's definitely knocking on the door. 
Uh, I don't know who the quarterback of the Patriots is going to be this week, but I know that Ramondre Stevenson has a good matchup against the Giants. Uh, they're allowing the fourth most yards per carry to running backs, the sixth most carries per game to running backs, and the sixth most yards per reception to running backs. Uh, and before the bye, Ramondre saw his highest rushing share since week four, his highest route participation since week three, and that was with him dealing with the, the back spasms that he dealt with right before the bye. Right, so I think Ramondre Stevenson, his usage is going up. He's moving into a great matchup this week. So regardless of who the quarterback is, I think he's going to be in my lineup. Yeah, and you also mentioned like the target share is going to be there regardless of who's that quarterback, especially if it's Bailey Zappi or whoever else they decide to bring in. Like I know they've floated Will Greer's name around. Just all of these backups, you know, we're talking about the target share is going to be there because they're not going to be throwing it downfield a whole lot. The Patriots have next to nobody in the receiving game with Demario Douglas, that he's the only guy that you really want to trust in that receiving game. It's a tough offense. So if somebody, somebody has to take the ball, it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson. He's probably their best weapon on offense. I, I'm not worried about Zeke cutting into his workload too much. The way that he's been producing these past couple of weeks, you know, doesn't scare me. I, I think that you just have to lean on the run game in this one. That's what the Patriots are going to do. They're not going to do a whole lot. Outside of that, I'm with you on this one. I think Ramondre Stevenson has a good matchup. Uh, I'm I'm with him this week. Uh, I'm a little worried about Joe Mixon though. Uh, I feel like you know he, he did. the offense was carrying him, but you know he's just not the same guy he was a few years ago. He's past his prime. He's inefficient. He doesn't produce on his own. And now the offense is not going to be good, right? So in my eyes, he gets a major downgrade. You know, some might feel like he gets an uptick because he'll be relied on more. But my worry is just like less sustained drives, like less touchdowns, like. I don't see this being a good rest of the season for Mixon. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to look at this. I'm just going to compare it to another player situation. Brees Hall. I think Brees yeah. Hall has an ability to overcome the offense exactly. that he's in. He's done that the past couple of weeks. You know, he's dynamic. He's young. He's he done that all season. That's what I'm saying. He's His whole career, even. You know, that's, that's what we're talking about. So, like, yeah. you compare Brees Hall. You have pretty much the exact same situation. You know, Brees Hall here. He's done it. He's overcome it because that's he's it's because he's young and he has the talent. You look at Joe Mixon, like you just mentioned, he's a product of the offense that he's in. Nobody's talking about Joe Mixon as his top end guy like Brees Hall. So is Joe Mixon going to be able to do it? Yes, he had a good game last week against the Ravens of all teams, you know, with um, Jake Browning coming in partway through the game. But I don't think that's going to be something that you can rely on. Like if you had to bet on that happening again, would you? Like you're probably not going to do that. The touchdowns have been there the past couple weeks. That's given him the upside. But before the bye, you know, this season, Joe Mixon, he didn't have a game over 14 fantasy points. <laughs> and I think that tells you what you need, what you need to do because we've seen this, this Bengals offense be bad and Joe Mixon suffers because of it. So I think we're looking at that same situation. He had a good couple past four games while the Bengals were coming on. Joe Burrow was looking good. But Joe Burrow's out now. So now you can't – I don't think you could trust him either. I think you have to look at this one and just kind of punt. I think he is going to be at best, you know, a mid to low RB2 play the rest of the way. And that might even be a little bit of um, over optimism. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to hit on some more tough matchups this week, too. James Cook, you know, he's been looking good lately, man. He's been very efficient over the past six weeks. His workload has always been the question mark, though, right? Um, the Bills are going into Philly. They're a pass funnel defense. You know, that means that the Bills will likely be extremely pass heavy in this one. So I'm not expecting Cook to do much this week, especially since he's not overly involved in the receiving game. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on this one. Uh, I'm looking at James Cook. He has looked pretty all right these past couple weeks, like you mentioned, especially last week. It looks like maybe the, the switch at offensive coordinator played into his hand a little bit. But like you mentioned, like, are we going to buy into suddenly Philly's defense? We know Isaiah Pacheco just tore him up a little bit. Are we going to buy into this Philly defense having another tough outing against a guy like James Cook, especially with the past first offense coming in with Josh Allen and all that? If there's a matchup to exploit this one, it's not going to be James Cook. You know, if they're going to be throwing right. the ball all day against against some Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, look at them. Khalil Shakir too. You know, like you mentioned, uh, he's definitely somebody that when you look that you want to look at that you could take advantage of in the passing game. And this isn't a running back game that I think we're looking at with the Bills. So for me, I'm tempering expectations. He has looked better, James Cook. I'll give you that. You know, these past couple of weeks, but this is a tough matchup, and I don't know if you want to trust him after just one strong performance really these past couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's my RB30 on the week, so I'm not you know, overly high on him mm -hmm. at all. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next matchup here. So, And by the way, guys, again, all of our updated rankings are up on upperhandfantasy.com, okay? So you can take a look at all the rankings there. Uh, a few wide receivers we're going to hit on. Like, you know, we talked about this Bills, you know, offense moving in. Talked about 
Khalil Shakir having one of the best matchups of the week. We talked about it in, on the last episode, um, so I'm not going to hit on it a whole lot th- in this episode. But out of the slot against Philly, one of the best matchups of the week. So, you know, this is going to be a competitive game. You know, so I can see him getting some targets in this one. You know, I'm, I'm attacking Phil, Philly secondary with all the Bills' weapons, including Gabe Davis. So this should all be cons- in consideration for your lineup. I don't love Drake London this week. You know, even with Marshawn Lattimore out, you know, I'm wondering if they put Paulson Adebo on him the entire game. I can see that happening, but you know, uh, I'm not saying a Adib- London can't win that matchup. But Adebo has been playing pretty well this year. Um, now yeah. Adebo has exclusively played on the right side, you know, the offense's right side, but the Saints have given up the third least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers overall. Like they're they're a good defense. Like when it comes to defending the perimeter, now. Lattimore being out, I think, will make a difference, but I'm not sure I'd elevate London too much because of it. Yeah, and I think the biggest problem for me is the quarterback situation and just the overall offensive scheme in Atlanta. You know, obviously, it's going to be Desmond Ritter at quarterback. The Arthur Smith's calling plays. They're not going to use Drake London. It's just Drake London can beat, can win this matchup. You know, you talk about, like, not saying Drake London can't win that matchup. Drake London can win that matchup every day of the week. He's that type of receiver. He just hasn't had the usage to match the talent that he's had. That's just, you know, a symptom of him being in the Falcons offense. I'm not going to start him with confidence, but I'm also not going to bench him at this point because I think he's been out a couple weeks. Or he's he, he was out two weeks ago. He had a quiet game. Now he's on by this past week. You know, you haven't had him in your lineup. I'm going to put him in my lineup just to see what he can do in this matchup because I think he is obviously the best wide receiver in the Falcons offense. And Desmond Ritter did target him a lot more than Taylor Heineke has these past couple of weeks, so maybe he you chase a little bit of that. Yeah, you chase a little bit of that volume there. Um, definitely not excited for the matchup against the Saints because they are a good defense. But I'm I'm willing to take the risk this week just to see what we can get out of Drake London. If it's another quiet game, that might give you the answers you need to say, okay, time to put him on my bench the rest of the way unless we see something change. Cortland Sutton has been on fire this season. You know, he scored a touchdown in every game this year except in two games. He's played in every game. Okay, so which is absolutely right. bananas. He's had three top 15 finishes in his last four games. It's just hard not to play him every week. Um, but this this week against the Browns, tough matchup, man. Like that touchdown streak like can be coming to an end this week. Um, you know, the Browns have only allowed six receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this year. Only three teams have given up less. Um, so I have him as my wide receiver 33 on the week. Um, he would be a lot higher, I think, if he he wasn't going up against the Browns. But the matchup is a little bit tough. Now, can he overcome it? You know, I think he can because he has overcome a couple tough matchups this year. Okay, so he's not somebody that you just have to completely avoid because of the matchup. Right. I mean, he, he's had touchdowns in two games against the Chiefs. You know, he had a touchdown against the Bills. He, he's doing what he needs to do. It's just you wonder how long this touchdown streak can continue, especially considering some of the target shares he's seen in these past couple of weeks. He had five targets last week. The week before that, he had 11 against Buffalo. So that was good. But then... Before the bye against Kansas City, three targets, he scored a touchdown. He only had two catches that game. Six targets the game before that, and another six targets the game before that. Not groundbreaking utilization. So he's been super, super efficient, and that's great, you know, if, especially if you've been starting him these past couple of weeks. But there's pretty much no ceiling to chase. You know, you're really chasing that floor, which he has based on that touchdowns that he's been getting. He hasn't had a huge game yet this season. He has been playing a lot better. Russell Wilson, the connection with him and Corlin Sutton has come on these past couple weeks, especially on those off script plays. That's where a lot of his points have been scored. But I I think that you mentioned the matchup this week. I think we've seen him do this before in a tough matchup, score a touchdown. I'm expecting pretty much like the same type of production, but if it would happen where he doesn't score a touchdown, you're looking probably at like a two catch 30 yard performance. So you have to take the risk there and understand that there's that risk if you're going to put him in your lineup. But there's also the upside of like, okay, this guy could be a solid wide receiver too. You know, really good flex play every single week. If you put him in at your flex, I'd say you're in pretty good shape because Cortland Sutton, he's been on it. He's been on a tear. For sure, man. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Josh Downs hasn't been on the injury report this week. You know, he had that knee injury going into the bye, right? Uh, but he's back. You know, he has one of the best matchups this week against Tampa's nickel defense. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. Like, I'm still starting Pittman over him, but Downs is a very, very good play this week as well. Absolutely. Just the way he's Demar- been earning targets. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All good. No, oh, I wanted to move on to Demari Douglas. You know, he has a good matchup this week against the Giants. Um, you know, very solid. PPR flex play this week. If you need one, the quarterback situation, obviously very dicey, um, but the Giants have allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks and over the last eight weeks. 
but they've really let up lately. Okay, so I think Damari Douglas is in play for you if you need somebody. Absolutely, as he's been all season, and you were on this one. You know, he's just the guy that's earning the targets right now in the Patriots offense. There's not a whole lot going in the passing attack, but if you're going to start somebody, it would be Demario Douglas because nobody else is getting that consistent target share like he has these past few weeks. Yeah, man, no, for sure. Um, just just a couple other guys to mention, like super deep, deep plays. Like you know, Rashid Shahid isn't like super deep play, but you know, just keep in mind that Michael Thomas, you know, is on IR, so Rashid Shahid does get a little bit of a bump. Um, if I'm not mistaken. His matchup is actually pretty good. He, it, it is actually because, you know, New Orleans, we mentioned, you know, Atlanta is pretty tough on the perimeter, but the slot is where they give up points. Seventh most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. Rashid Shahid runs what almost 50% of his routes from the perimeter. So he could potentially do some things from the slot. Do some things. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? And, you know, super, super deep play. Jonathan Mingo, 20% plus target share last two weeks. This is the Titans perimeter defense that he's he's going to be going up against. Look at the box score. It's not encouraging at all. But, no. you know, tough matchup last week. You, you didn't really expect him to do anything anyway. Um, but, you know, if you need a, a, a deep, 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 deep play, somebody who potentially is on waivers, you could potentially pick him up and he can get you like seven points. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh, we'll be back on. I'll be back on Sunday with the with the normal IG lives that we do. Uh, last week had a couple couple cancellations, so we couldn't get to all the lives. But this Sunday we will be back 11 a.m. Eastern time for some lives. We'll see you then. Take it easy. Bye bye.